Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Once again, Alyssa, the Bears find a way. This time they overtake the Sloppy Bucks, 20-19, to improve to 4-1. and one. They're tied with Green Bay in the win column atop the NFC North. Best start in eight years. This is this is crazy. How are they doing this? It, it's insane. I feel like this is the third comeback that they've had this year. I mean, it wasn't like a 16, 17 point, you know, fourth quarter comeback. But I mean, it was pretty impressive. I think that this is the first statement win that they've had this year because, you know, you've heard a lot about, oh, the, you know, they beat the Lions, they beat the Giants, you know, they beat the Falcons, who are some crappy teams. And, you know, now they beat a Bucks team, which, I mean, you could argue. I mean, they look pretty sloppy there. Uh, but the Bears definitely had a hand in that. And I think you could thank Khalil Mack and that defense for that win. Oh, yeah. Mac was awesome. Mac was awesome. No doubt about it. But, you know, I don't want to focus too much on the positives here. You know, we, we got to focus on uh, Matt Nagy, <laughs> Matt Nagy, who's who on Friday morning, he just couldn't wait to get on the podium with you all and just start criticizing his offense. Right. He's mad at his players. He's yeah. mad at his uh, he's mad at his guys. Doesn't think they're paying attention to detail. Uh, so, first of all, what did you think about his commentary real quick before I give you what I'm thinking? Because I have uh, I have a bone to pick with him. I think that Matt Nagy was honest. Um, I think that, you know, for all of the offense's issues, he's had a hand in it with his play calls. But I think that Thursday night was the best that he's looked calling plays and the offense simply couldn't execute. And I thought him, you know, talking about how they're lacking details in the execution there, it's dead on because you can't say they don't have the talent. Nick Foles is a talented quarterback. Allen Robinson is one of the best receivers in the game. David Montgomery is an up-and-coming running back. I see the offensive line is a big issue, but I mean, you could even, you know, listening to Allen Robinson and even, you know, offensive lineman Jermaine Fetty talk about how they agree with Matt Nagy's comments about how this offense just, it's just a dud and it's been one game after after another and he thought changing quarterbacks would do it. I know it's going to take time with Foles in there, but it just, it just, it's so frustrating to watch this offense. Yeah, it starts with the offensive line. I, I agree with Matt Nagy. Um, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating. And I think that you finally saw it. You know, him. He was brutally honest there, which I mean, he was like speaking for them. And I feel like for the first time that, aside from, you know, when the Bears were in the no huddle, hurry up offense, and they were driving, and then you know Matt Nagy wanted to, you know to get away from that because he wanted to call, you know, a play to Cordero Patterson in the end zone. And, you know, obviously Nick Foles didn't get the pass off. Aside from that, this was Nagy's best game, I think, this year uh, as play caller. Okay, yeah. So my problem with Nagy, though, was late in the game when the Bears seemed to have a chance, Alyssa, to kick that go-ahead field goal with, like, no time on the clock. So uh, let's run it down. I don't, I don't know how great this audio is going to be because I'm going to run through kind of the play-by-play. But let's go back. So the fourth quarter, Bears are, d- are down two, right? 19-17. Nagy's offense has the ball well in field goal range on the Bucks 25 with a minute 36 left. 
He runs it with Montgomery on first down. Now, we've talked about it. He doesn't love to run the football, does he? He never really sticks to the run when he needs to. He runs the ball with Montgomery on first down, and the Bucks used their second timeout at that point. So now there's a minute 28 left. Second and nine, Negi puts Foles in the shotgun, throws it deep to Robinson, incomplete. Clock stops. Run it there, and the Bucks have to use their third timeout, right, with about around a minute 20 remaining. The Bears can just run it again on third down, run the clock way down, and then kick the field goal with Santos, and Brady really doesn't have any time on the clock. Instead, throwing that incompletion on second down, now they throw it on third and nine. Foles completes that short pass to Robinson. Bucks call their last timeout, and you leave Tom Brady a minute 13 left after the Santos field goal. So as <laughs> Negi's pounding the desk and yelling at his players, this is where I had a bone to pick with him. I'm like, no, Matt. Look at the film and be mad at yourself. Like, what are you doing? You gave Brady a chance. Now, Tom has dementia or something because he forgot how many downs there are. There are four downs, Tom. <laughs> what is Tampa Bay doing to my guy, Tom Brady? Alyssa, I have no idea. But, man, I thought that was a huge, huge uh, botched situation by Negi. And, yeah, I thought the play calling was fine. But until the end of the game, like, what's he doing there? I, I thought there was an obvious chance to run that clock out and kick the field goal and be done with it. Instead, you know, all of Bears Nation are, like, gr- grinding their teeth, as always, you know, watching the end of this game and watching the Bucks have a potential game-winning field goal. That's all Brady needed. And he had a minute 13 left, and he didn't have to. You, me, and everyone else watching that game, you know, expected Matt Nagy and the Bears to run the ball there instead of throw because, like you said, you don't want to ever give Tom Brady any time on the clock. I don't care if he's with the Patriots. I don't care if he's with the Bucks. You do not want to give Tom Brady any time to come back because that he's made he's made a career of it. You know, and you know, you really don't want to do that. But you know, aside from that, I, I mean, I think that Matt Nagy had a good game, and I think that his criticizing the offense. I feel he shouldn't have even been in that situation. You know, the Bucks were playing so bad that if the offense would have just been a little bit more productive there, you know, they wouldn't have been in a situation where they needed to kick a game-winning field goal. They could have won, you know, a little bit more comfortably by a score or two. But, you know, I, I get the criticism because I'm right there with you, Ryan. Uh, but, but then again, Nagy has a point about the offense. Like, yeah, they should no, not have been in that situation. No, 100%, 100%. And, and, yeah, I get that. It's just like, man, Bears fans must have been ripping their hairs out. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing Give Brady the ball, but again, you know Tom is—he's getting senile in his old old age of forty-three. I, I years tweeted, old. I tweeted exactly like right when that happened. I was like, we all know how this ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I believe I was wrong, but you know, we all know how that normally ends. But I still can't figure out. <laughs> literally, I can't figure out how the Bears pulled this one off. Like, okay, so nothing's going right early on in the game, right? They're down thirteen, nothing, and then they finally rush for a touchdown. Right? It's like, hooray, we we can rush for a score, like. Montgomery gets in there, right? We we break, we get that monkey off the back. And then there's that crazy overturned call in the middle of the field where the Bears get a fumble and then they go in and score again. And all of a sudden you blink and it's like, the Bears are 14-13 at halftime? Like, how did that happen? My God, like that game kind of spun so fast there late in that second quarter where the Bucks were really all over them early. Yeah, and I think you saw that this has been you know, the Bears for the longest time is that they're going to go as far as their defense carries them. And I know that the Bears defense hasn't been that same dominating force that, you know, we think back, you know, to 2018, but this is still a really good defense and they're missing. Obviously Eddie Goldman's loss still looms large, but the bears defense just flustered Brady. And thinking back to Kyle Fuller's, you know, forced fumble, like that was, I think the, the game changer right there, because it just, it obviously they got points from that, but it was like a momentum shift. And you felt like the defense kind of, you know, rallied behind that and the offense as well. And I mean, obviously the bears didn't, <laughs> do well in the third quarter, you know, as per usual. But I feel like that was the turning point in the game right there, you know, going to halftime with a lead. 
that defense, they give them the game ball, give Khalil Mack the game ball. They were amazing against this uh, Bucks team. They were. They stood up. They held Brady to 19 points. That's good stuff. Good stuff by the Bears there. And yeah, just a crazy game. Awesome game. Alyssa, has, you know, obviously posting all kinds of stuff post game on the Bears wire. You did write about one thing that I kind of liked and I kind of agree with you on. So I want to get to that. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week six. Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick has staved off Tua Tonga Bailoa for now. Two quarterbacks have posted at least 32 fantasy points in five games against the Jets. And the other three quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, Phillip Rivers, Brett Rippon. Not exactly elite company. If wide receiver Preston Williams continues to come to life like we saw signs of last week, Fitz could be in for a huge fantasy day. Arizona Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds, not Kenyon Drake, has been the more productive back this year in PPR scoring. Drake may have scored on the ground last week, but he has struggled to generate yardage per touch, and he's living off an extremely small sample size of productive play from last season. Not only has Edmonds been more productive on the ground, he's simply more useful in the passing game. Look for him to exploit a weak Dallas defense. Cincinnati Bengals rookie receiver T. Higgins should see an uptick in his work if A.J. Green's hamstring prevents him from playing. Look for the rookie to continue his nice rapport with quarterback Joe Burrow. The Indianapolis defense may appear to be a poor matchup on the surface, but a closer examination reveals six different receivers have scored a touchdown, and eight players at the position have gone for at least 10 PPR points. Higgins offers major upside in the red zone. If you're looking to take a gamble at tight end with four teams on their buys, the Atlanta Falcons present a brilliant matchup for Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings. It was actually tight end Herb Smith Jr. and not Rudolph who led the way last week, but the veteran tight end is a better bet for a touchdown in the red zone. No team has given up more touchdowns to the tight end position through five weeks than the Atlanta defense. For more fantasy football news and advice, make sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, to come out with a win uh, is is always a lot easier when you're watching the tape uh, to be able to coach off of that. Um, I thought offensively, you know, they're, they're uh, just looking at it and you, you start wondering about the, the sloppiness and, and where things are at and, and how to get, get to where we need to go. Um, I just look back after watching the tape and I, I just, the details right now in this offense are not there. So that's our job as coaches to make sure that we get these freaking details right. And um, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, to be in a situation like we were yesterday in that second half, I've never been a part of something of third and 17, third and 18, third and two, third and 24, third and 29, third and 19, third and eight, third and nine, and third and nine. I've never been a part of that. So, um, you know, we got to get that, 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 that thing there has to get fixed. And, uh, you know, that's that. So offensively, we got some stuff to do. 
I don't know, Alyssa. I, I don't know if I can take Matt Nagy seriously when he's angry Matt Nagy. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems like a nice guy when I watch him. So for, that was about as mad as I've ever seen him. You know, so he's freak, yeah, and you freaking could... offense. He's pounding the desk. You know, he's, he's even using his cuss words there. That's probably the that's probably the biggest cuss word he'll use, right? He's freaking. So uh, I don't yeah. know. He seems like a nice guy, but man, was he riled up. I didn't even notice the desk pounding, honestly, until like oh, that was my favorite just part. now listening to it again. Yeah, my favorite part. I mean, like you said, I was I was like thrown off. Like that is the angriest, and you could use the word angry to describe him. Like not even just the tone of his voice, but looking at him as he's talking about it. I mean, I can understand why because he's much like the fan base. He's frustrated, and then, yes, he has a small he is a part of that. But so do his players. And you think about why Matt Nagy was brought to the Bears was to jumpstart this offense that has just, you know, just been in the standstill for like the last couple decades, it feels like. So like that was his job is coming in here is to jumpstart that offense. And, you know, it's just not working. And it's like, oh, uh, after the first year it was, oh, then it's going to be, you know, 202. And, you know, then, you know, in the third year, you know, you have a new, you got your quarterback finally, Nick Foles. Let's see how it goes. And it's just not working. The run game isn't working after he's committed to it. And like, you could just feel, it felt like the frustrations building up and it almost felt like the bears had lost that game. When you listen to him yeah. and the way he's talking about the offense there, uh, it was jarring because you, you, you think about if this offense could just be average, just think about how much better this team could be. And I do respect that when you're four and one and you're, and you come in the next morning and you're pissed. I kind of like that like yeah. as, a, as a football fan. Like I kind of like that. That's my kind of guy. But I think the re- what Matt Nagy's really saying there is he's just like, oh, I need a quarterback. I need a quarterback. <laughs> I need a quarterback. Oh, I need a quarterback. I mean, Alyssa, I'm worried about Foles. He can't throw the ball down the field. He just can't. He's really struggling with the balls that are beyond five to ten yards. His stats are okay, right? But he looked a little ugly out there throwing the football. It wasn't very good against the Colts the other week either. So I'm a little worried about Foles, and I just don't know, like, can the Bears win with this mediocre quarterback play that they're getting? That's going to be a really big question mark going forward. And you wrote, maybe it's time to make a move for Sam Darnold. And I think that's a that's a great thing. We're already hearing that Le'Veon Bell from the Jets is on the block. I think the Jets might be looking to unload a bunch of players and blow that thing up and start over. What are you thinking with that? Yeah, I think it was because there's a, a scenario, however, you know, unlikely or likely it may be that the Bears don't have a quarterback heading into next year. That would be assuming that Nick Foles does well and he opts out of his deal and becomes a free agent to go get paid somewhere else. And obviously the, the Bears are moving on from Mitchell Trubisky. So then the Bears would be without a quarterback. And it's like, do you trust Ryan Pace to go draft a quarterback in the first round again, yeah. uh, assuming that he's still here. Obviously, the Bears have a, a good season. So, yeah, I mean, that's what really got me thinking about that. Like, I'm like, Sam Darnold. I mean, you look about the, you look at the situation that he's in. It's just like he's being held back by that team. And you wonder what he would look like, you know, with good offensive mind, like Matt Nagy and, you know, what he could look like in this offense even. Uh, but it wouldn't be attainious. Obviously, we'd have to wait till the till next season. But sure. I mean, it's, it's something to think about, you know, or obviously, you know, the cheaper route would be to go draft another quarterback, you know, whether it's the first round, second round, you know, wherever they're going to target one. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see where the, the Bears are forever in back limbo, it seems. So it's just, we're to keep turning the page here. Oh, they are. They are. Believe me. I don't think Nagy thinks he has his guy. I think that's kind of the source of his frustration. That's just a take. I have no idea. Yeah. But I just, I think this quarterback situation is just driving him insane because Foles doesn't look much better than Trubisky did. And I think that's a great point with Sam Darnold because, man, is this Jets team awful. They're bad on offense. They're bad on defense. Their coach is a buffoon. Adam Gase. Oh my God. This Jets Our team. former offensive coordinator. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, so <laughs> Bears know. The Bears fans know. The Bears fans know. Gase is, is a freaking moron. So yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be drafting Trevor Lawrence. 
There's no doubt about it. They're going to be the number one pick. So there could be an opportunity to go get Darnold. But I was actually laughing to myself when you were talking, Alyssa, because, all right, so if Nick Foles looks good and has a good year, he could opt out and try to get a better contract or he'll suck and stay with the Bears, right? So so that's not great. I don't love that as much. It's kind of like, now I'm kind of hoping for it to happen. Because if he looks good, you know, you kind of think, you know, how far could this team go? But I feel like if that's going to happen, you know, you talked about, you know, Foles obviously looking consistent and he's just like, he's struggling throwing the deep ball until he gets into a groove. And I think that, you know, up-tempo offense really helps. But also the run game. I mean, he need, like just like any quarterback needs a run game to kind of l- let him breathe a little bit. Seriously. And the Bears have, they've had, a, I think they were like a top 10 rushing offense for the first three weeks. And over the last two games, they've dropped to the sixth worst rushing offense and it's just a lot I know they played like two of the best rushing defenses in the league but just to see like to look at like what the offense could look like when they were running the football and you know and they they got into a little bit of a rhythm at times you know you want to see that obviously that's going to remain a big focus for Matt Nagy here you know establishing the run game and they'll have a chance to do that against this Carolina defense so we'll see but if they get the run game going that'll definitely you know alleviate things for Foles a little bit and the more comfortable he gets with these receivers I mean I'm hoping that you know this is Foles' second game you know we'll see hopefully things get better because you know I guess it can't get much worse right (laughs) no well hey we're four and one though we're four and one so yeah it it does it feels like feels like the Bears are one and four but they're they're four and one four and one (laughs) right like I said tied with the Green Bay Packers atop the NFC North in the win column because the Packers don't have a loss but yeah yeah totally like running the football having a run game would help everything it would help everything it would you know you'd get stuff off play action now and stuff like that that my criticism of Negi is like he won't even run the ball when he's supposed to like end of the game they only have one timeout left Matt run the ball on second down run it run the clock out <laughs> kick the field goal win the game don't give Tom Brady a minute 13 but as Alyssa said Bears going up against the Carolina Panthers here coming up that defense is kind of rebuilt, although Teddy Bridgewater is doing a pretty good job keeping that ship together over there. Still, the Carolina defense, that's gettable. We'll talk about that here coming up. We'll be right back. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on the Week 6 Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers. The Rams, minus 3.5 favorites on the road, 49ers, plus 160 underdogs on the money line. A low over-under for this one of 50.5 points. Jeff, how do you feel about this game? Oh, I'm going with the home team in prime time. San Francisco needs this game like blood to keep pace in a tough NFC West. They're obviously very familiar with the Los Angeles Rams. And three in the hook is just too many points for the home dog. You know what? I'm going to fade the team that just lost 43-17 to the Miami Dolphins in week five. Give me those LA Rams coming off a big 30-10 win against the Washington and football team check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from betmgm sportsbook subscribe to bet and podcast be sure to rate and review just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of Derek hennigan From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Alyssa, the Bears have another really interesting game here coming up at Carolina, who just knocked off. Who else? Who'd they knock off? Oh, the Falcons. The freaking Falcons. And they blew up the Falcons. Thank you, Carolina. Thank you. You finally blew up the Falcons. Dan Quinn's finally let go. God, how long did that take? Good God. Okay. Anyway, so so Carolina is actually tied for the lead in the NFC South with Tampa Bay and with New Orleans. They're all three and two. And the Bears open as two and a half point underdogs on the road in this one. So no respect for the Bears, Alyssa, with their four and one record, as we probably could uh, could have guessed. So for the Bears wire, you're looking at this game like what's your top what's your leadoff thoughts on it? You know, looking at this game, I think is another it's a winnable game, but I'm looking at the offense. I think every week at this point, I need to see if can they put together a complete game. You know, they're not playing a defense that's, you know, like another top rush defense or, you know, top. Actually, their passing defense is pretty decent. But I want to see what this offense can do. You know, this Panthers team, like you wouldn't know it because no one's been talking about them. But after because they started 0-2, but they won three straight games. You said they're tied at top the division so this is going to be a big game for them um you know we'll see what the bears could do following up after that win against the bucks and if matt Nagy is going to be pounding desks but you know i'm forward to seeing what this defense can do with teddy bridgewater because i i'm thinking back to um last year when the bears played the saints and bridgewater was filling in for drew Brees. you know what he was able to find success against that defense uh and i think they put up like 30 plus points in that game it's not going to be an easy win, but I think that it's a game that they should win. And we'll see, obviously, that the onus is going to fall on the offense for this one. It's a tough line, too. I, I don't know what side I'm on. Um, I really don't. I, I'm tempted to take the points with the Bears, but I just, you know, they just haven't looked that solid. You know, they look good in spurts, but man, there's some times where I'm like, how many times are we going to mm-hmm. punt the ball? I've, I've said I've been complaining about how many punts <laughs> there are. Oh, my God. Just too many punts. I'm sick of seeing that punter on the field. And Carolina is a team, they're kind of right in the middle, right? They're not terrible on defense, but they're not good on defense. And they're not great on offense. They're okay. And they've had some injuries with Christian McCaffrey being out, even though this Mike Davis, the running back, has like been a machine for them. He's, they haven't really skipped a beat. You know, one thing Former I look bear. at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really? I didn't, oh, I didn't even notice that. That's great. No. Oh. Good job letting him. He didn't, he didn't play much. Good job letting him go, Chicago. <laughs> because, Good job. Why do you think he didn't play? Why didn't? Why do you think he didn't play? <laughs> because they hate running backs in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they hate they hate the running backs. Uh, but yeah. you know what? I think the Carolina might have a slight edge at quarterback because Bridgewater's a winner. They, I mean, he comes back from that really tough injury, and whenever he's gotten the opportunity to start and be the guy, he's won. Like this Carolina team's not that great, right? They're not. They're not anything special. They got a brand new coach and Matt Rule, but. There they are at three and two. So I kind of like Bridgewater. What do you think about him and, and what kind of dimension does he add for that team? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, I think that was that was a really good free agent signing for the Panthers. It's hard to go, though, from Cam Newton to somebody else. But, sure. you know, from what I've seen from Bridgewater this year, again, like you said, he's a winner and he's really good throwing the football. And I think that he's a good fit here. I'm concerned if Christian McCaffrey, who's he's eligible to come off of IR this week, if he plays, you know, that it's going to be a completely different ball game here because now the Bears defense has to contend with, you know, arguably like one of the biggest threats in the game here, uh, especially with a run defense that is suspect. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be looking to see, especially what can Teddy Bridgewater do with Christian McCaffrey, which we didn't see a lot of before, you know, McCaffrey got hurt earlier in the year. So, you know, that would just add like another wrinkle to, you know, what Bridgewater can accomplish here. Definitely. That'd be gut punch. He comes back for this game. Come on. You know, like, that's <laughs> bad luck. 
The Bears, have, well, the Bears have gotten lucky with injuries this year, You're so right. I'm hoping that, about the you know, hey, luck, McCaffrey, yeah. just, hey, Christian, just, you know, take another <laughs> week off, relax, you know, you kick your feet up, and then you can come back next week. <laughs> yeah. So, man, another week, another interesting little game for the Bears where I have no freaking idea what's going to happen in this game. This thing could go either you know. way. Either way. Right, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly oh, what's going to happen. I know. The Bears are going to look like hot garbage, and then they're going to win at the end somehow. And I'm, I'm going to come exactly. on here next week, and I'm going to be like, how'd they do it, Alyssa? They're 5-1. and one. They're going to keep winning ugly until they all make all the playoffs. Well, oh, I don't man. Hey, hey. We don't need style points. We don't need style points. Don't. There they are. So... They seem right. to thrive in the underdog role anyway, so, you know. They do, they do, and they're they're underdogs on this one, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, I have no freaking idea, so we'll see. We'll see. Alyssa, have a great week, and we'll be back to break it all down again next week, and we'll see what happens. We'll see, Ryan. I'm sure it'll be interesting regardless. <laughs> 100%. All right, thanks for joining us on the Bears Wire podcast. We'll talk to you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.